Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. No wonder you like dubs, man. Listen to that awful, <laughs> awful, atrocious <laughs> voice acting. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, oh, so, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so jokes aside, so I didn't realize it was a year ago, a year ago that we did our Attack of the Clones podcast, and as I just asked you, you didn't either. Uh, so I did not. It's been a while since we last discussed both uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. I will link them in our little show notes on the blog, but. Uh, finally went back and decided to finish this off, finish the prequel trilogy, and we discuss, you know, Revenge of the Sith, where your goal is to effectively have me watch it and say, you know, that's not as bad as I remember slash thought after all. And my goal is to sort of see if I can script doctor it into something that would have been better and more salvageable and into the movie it could slash should have been. Hmm. Before we get into that, I will say, have you watched any of Star Wars Visions yet? I have not watched Star Wars Visions yet. Um, at least three of them act like a pilot episode or something that would have been far better than any of the Star Wars sequels are. So I'm going to just say that right now. Interesting. It's, uh, it's actually the what? best uh, sort of anthology anime series that I've seen released thus far for like a Western property. Interesting. I... Let me just say, we will not be having this conversation about the sequel movies, because I think we can both agree that the sum of those parts is... I mean, we already had podcasts about as, the as first As they two. came out, yeah, that's true. And, uh, and I think, we, yeah, we had one on Rogue One. The only ones we haven't gotten were Solo and Rise of Skywalker, because I've seen neither one. But we haven't discussed can, The Mandalorian. Congratulations. <laughs> See, you're making me feel vindicated, though. You realize uh, somewhat, somewhat. Solo is solo is solo is unnecessary, but solo was good. That's you know what I mean. There's I've heard some people say it's entertaining. Yes, yeah, like, it was a good movie. Um, but yeah, anyway. So, Revenge of the Sith. Now, so here's my my little contention <laughs> is I think most. Prequel fans rate Revenge of the Sith as the best one. And I can see where Revenge of the Sith has the least amount of obnoxiously bad content. There's no Jar Jar Binks. There's I was I was surprised actually I forgot Jar Jar Binks was even a character. He's not in there at all. Yeah, there's no Jar Jar. Okay, he's technically in the the a closing scene, but but he, like no speaking lines or nothing. I won't be surprised if the actor wasn't even on set at any time. There's no right. There's no um, like the Anakin and Padme on Naboo stuff, like the in in Attack of the Clones, which is kind of the low point. of There's the movie. nothing excruciating. No, right. It is the one where. Because all three of these films are technically competent on a technical level. Mm. On all three of them, it is the writing that fails. But I feel like with Revenge of the Sith, it's the writing that fails in the least obvious ways. And most the most obvious ways all have to do with Anakin. Anakin's not as obnoxiously 
spoiled uh, and childish and juvenile as he is in Attack of the Clones. But his logic and reasoning is still really poorly constructed. And I view I, I might put the blame of that more on George Lucas being incapable of thinking of subtle philosophical ways to create a descent towards the dark side. Because I feel like one of the things I realized when watching this is you could, if you created a Revenge of the Sith drinking game, one of the rules would be to take a shot every time the word power is mentioned. Hmm. Because that seems to be like the greatest motivation to the dark side. It's power. You know, the power of the dark side. You know, that's all it is. And sure, but it feels like they're trying to do... It feels like there's room for other things that could have been more interesting. So, what's funny to me is I think there are aspects of the prequels that feel like they took a couple lines from the original trilogy and then... Like, turned it into a whole thing or a whole plot point. Yeah, like Empire Strikes Back. What does he say? It's like, you cannot comprehend the power, power of the dark side. side. Something along those lines. I might have the line not specific, but that's the thing. The emphasis is on power of the dark side. And it's like, I... The funny thing is that that moment connects in my mind with... Like, like what inspired us to come back... Well, inspired me to want to come back to this was a conversation I actually had with my brother where I was trying to figure out, okay, how can we massage and adjust Anakin's motivation so we could have a ultimately better conclusion and how we can remove no from it. Because no. honestly, that that is the worst moment of the film and it's still painful that they inserted it into Return of the Jedi in all modern forms that you can obtain it. Yeah, okay, I, I don't hate that moment as much, the way that they, like, the way... Look, I don't tolerate it in my edits, anime. I don't tolerate it in my anime. I'm not going to tolerate it in my Star Wars. Like, okay? of all of the edits, like, I if you said, okay, you either you either get rid of the no thing, or you, or you get, get rid, rid of the, the yub yub song... Yub. No, 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 not the yub yub like, song. Like if I, they did I, get rid of the yub yub song. I, saying, I no. would trade... I would trade the no, I would keep the no to get the Yub Yub song back. Okay. I was going to say, if you had to keep the no, or you had to keep the uh, new Jabba's Palace music scene, I'd keep the no. Ooh. Yeah, that too. See, I came all the changes, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> they took they took Yub Yub, they made that terrible oh. musical number in Jabba's Palace. Um, no was the least offensive of the changes to Return of the Dead. And it adds some amount of symmetry in a weird way. That well, the odd is thing fine. is that also was just added way later. It's like, why? <laughs> but, no, no, no I, I, okay, I get what you mean when it comes to the, the, the symmetry. It's like poetry. They rhyme, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I guess if they, like, we should have said, yes! Uh, but the, um... So, I guess, uh, well, well, firstly, I mean, what is, to this day, what is your general feeling on Revenge of the Sith? Especially when it comes, because actually I think you were about to say, I think you were about to make a comparison of your opinion to the previous ones of it. So, yeah, I mean, I think kind of re-watching them, uh, having, I've seen them both, them all three of them several times at this point. Um, Attack of the Clones remains my favorite. 
because I I do think it's it has the most interesting bones to it, and it largely with a couple tweaks here and there, I think it, it could have been it could have been a lot. There's a better story happening than it manages to tell you essentially that between the sort of the the Obi-Wan's mystery subplot he's hopping around the galaxy trying to solve this mystery there's some cheesy moments like the diner and the, yeah. like and all of that I think that's actually that that's I see that's a kind of I guess B plot that I find I don't know if that's the B plot or the A plot is Anakin the A plot and Obi-Wan the B plot I don't know I don't even think George could keep track man right um, but, I mean, that's one of the issues with the movie, I guess, is you're not really sure. Which is the main plot we're supposed to be. And I think that's part of the issue. If I were to go through the entire prequel trilogy, I think it's trying to tell... It's trying to explain... Because it's prequelitis, right? Like, this yeah. is... like They're not the first ones to suffer from this. They have to explain two things. One, the origin of Darth Vader. And two, the origin of the Empire. And I think... And which, of course, the origin of the Empire includes the origin of Palpatine. And trying to do all three of those is a problem. I think you could have done the origin of Anakin and the origin of Palpatine without also being the origin of the Empire. Because hmm. especially by the end of Revenge of the Sith, spoilers, it's effectively... There's, there might be a time skip, but it's like you go right from clone troopers and all this to... Immediately, we got Star Destroyers and the new outfits, and they're standing on the deck watching the Death Star being built. And again, that's probably a time skip, but it's like, you know, you didn't have to tell how they made the... the and again, it's like, you know, to, well, to, to, to put an end to the... Make and forge a new galactic empire. It's like, I don't think that's how an empire is actually founded. I don't think anybody decides to be like... You know what? We're no longer a republic. We're an empire now. I think obviously like, what he's trying to do here is is basically do a Julius Caesar, right? Is and I think some of Palpatine's pre-transformation look is intended to evoke a little bit of of Julius Caesar, where you have this charismatic leader who sort of. Um, and obviously there's, there's not that many, the parallels aren't that great. He comes to power and then he, he sort of through a popular, he, he becomes the empire, the emperor, essentially through popularity that he's, and then of course, so Julius Caesar gets stabbed by the Senate. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and Palpatine is a Sith and does not get stabbed by the Senate. But I think he's trying to make him sort of a Caesar-like figure. There was this great Roman Republic, and Caesar marks the turning point of basically becoming so powerful as a as a personality within the within the Republic, which has become an empire. But it's a repub it's an empire with some form of representative government. He creates the the Roman the status of the Roman Emperor essentially um, so I, I think I think that's kind of I'm not saying it's great but that's sort of what he's trying to do is make a historical parallel making an historical parallel by also simultaneously putting in some really lame childish attempts to evoke the politics of the time too. 
like it's 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 actually not as overblown as it is today when you think about it. Like it's probably something that most people looking back on it won't realize. You know, so this is how democracy ends with thunderous applause or whatever. Right. Or peace ends. I can't remember which one. Democracy dies. This is this is how democracy dies. This is like with thunderous applause. And it's like I roll like yeah. Especially because again, if you're then doing the Julius Caesar comparison, well, I mean, it's not the Senate that wanted him to have power. It's the right. the, the the people, and for reasons. Um, yeah. But no, the the the. I, mean, I guess that would have been more a reference to what the Patriot Act than. Possibly, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're going to the time, because if he's if he's trying to make any kind of modern. Uh, comparison there. It would, the be... funny thing is that, you know what, at that time that was considered not subtle, but today people would probably be like, oh wait, you mean that had to do with politics at the time? Right. It's funny how that it's, works. It's funny how that works, you know. But no, the the the, the thing is though, like if, if they had redu- if they had pulled back and not explained how the Empire, like let that be something that occurs in between prequel and sequel trilogy like you get the beginnings of it but not like okay it's an empire now like that i think would have helped make it better but through again through all three films he's trying to tell this uh explain he's trying to tell stories Mm -hmm. but he's also trying to set everything up so it explains everything and that's part of the problem is for prequels there's temptation to explain everything or to throw in things that are familiar you know, why do R2-D2 and C-3PO have their memories wiped at the end? R2-D2 makes... doesn't. Yes, he does. No, only C-3PO has his memory wiped. The dude says, have no. these droids... Remember? Only C-3PO has his memory wiped. Was this retconned? It was not retconned. It is literally why, if you watch the scene again, you misread a line, misheard a line, or misinterpreted something. Only C-3PO has his memory wiped. It sounds like he says, these droids... Whatever the line is, trust me, because it's been a point of contention that that R two D two knows who should know who Obi Wan is, should know who Chewbacca is, that he should he should know what's going on. Basically, I thought that was a point of contention until they addressed the memory because that's part of the yeah. Thing that's, that's a Revenge of the Sith feels like in a lot of ways that are you gonna I'm gonna look it up. You look up the 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 the, the line because. I'm pretty sure, because I had forgotten about it completely. I forgot about it until I was taking the notes on something else, and he was like, oh, make sure these dro- these droids have their memory wiped. And it's like, oh, yeah, because we need to make sure they don't know. And that's the thing. It's a he dis- says, the, the actual is, have the protocol droids memory wiped. RC-3PO, human cyborg relations, protocol droid. Of the pro- C-3PO is so the protocol why, droid. How does... I, I guess because R2... Except for Luke understanding R2-D2, who is ev- evidently smart enough to not tell Luke, like, hey, man, I know your dad. Like... <laughs> I oh, know. my goodness. Uh, whatever, whatever. The thing is, why does C-3PO have his memory wiped? Because otherwise it would be a plot hole and they need to address it. Which is like, why have C-3PO in there? Oh, I will... Okay, a point I will give you. And I'll give a lot of other people too. Because another thing that happened, Empire Strikes Back was on the television. My old man was watching it. Firstly, I don't care how outdated it looks, the fight between Luke and Darth in that movie is 
far more exciting and better than any of the fights of the prequel movies, no matter how much choreography you got. But C-3PO is as obnoxious as Jar Jar Binks in so many of the, those uh, scenes. In, in, like, in like, Empire, especially. Because it's like, at, at the end, he's like... Sitting there, it's like, what? Don't you don't you know better than to talk to strange computers or something like right. that? And it's like, oh, this is painful and it's ruining the tension of the moment. But it's also a much less tense escape because you already had your tense fight. Like, yeah. so at the very least, they were smart enough back then to know don't have C three PO when Luke's fighting Darth Vader, which technically you didn't in Empire in Phantom Menace when you know Qui Gon and Obi Wan were fighting. Uh, uh, Darth, Darth Maul, Maul, but the way it was all interspersed, and that's part. That's actually another thing. Losing, in more ways than one, losing his wife Martha. She did know what she was doing in editing, and I think moments of the last fight in this film, actually, just in general, just several moments where. George feels like he know it's like he knows okay I shouldn't linger on one scene too long but he doesn't know which which scenes it's like it's a the the cut is disruptive okay yeah and it breaks the tone like Obi-Wan's fight with Grievous right it's split up for some reason and the only reason I could think of is he just thinks like on paper you shouldn't have a scene last too long and it's like okay maybe instead of having the scene last that instead of splitting it up and making it jarring have a shorter fight like, don't drag it out across two separate scenes or whatever. But that's... Again, that's like some of the technical stuff, but even then, yeah. it's that's just part of what kept me from getting really into any of the action. Because by the time we're back to Grievous, the Grievous fight, I have to get, like, invested again. But yeah, that's one, one thing I wanted to toss because people said, you're like, oh, the original films had humor too, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? C-3PO was lame. Um, he is disruptive. So you, I, I'll give you points to that. Yeah. Even in Empire. Especially, I think he's especially bad in Empire. Because everything else, he stands out even more because everything else is so good. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so how, how do you fix this movie? How do you fix Revenge of the Sith? Lots of, we've, <sighs> we've talked about, I mean, obviously this movie has been taken down in, in ten different ways. All of them have. Though I, my, my understanding... Especially because, like, I've, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't see this in theaters. I did, I was at the time I was pirating, and I did pirate the movie. What? So I watched it that way on my computer, and I remember thinking it was definitely the best of the three, but I wasn't sure I actually liked it. Um, and in the end, I think the greatest feeling I have is, or the greatest confirmation, from the first trailer I saw... It felt like this film, George Lucas was trying desperately to give the fans what they wanted. Right down to the name. It's like, okay, you all know it was originally Revenge of the Jedi, so we're going to call it Revenge of the Sith. Um, Okay, I should specify. Return of the Jedi was originally Revenge Revenge of the Jedi. So now we're going to call this Revenge of the Sith. We're going to have Wookiees now. You guys like Wookiees, right? We're going to have Wookiees. Um, We're going to not have Jar Jar Binks at all. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. And it's... It, it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it works better for some other people. But for me, it, does, it doesn't elevate it. Um, but again, at the same time, stuff's confident, competent. And I'll also give it another compliment. When the movie began, the first shot's actually pretty good. Because 
instead of doing like the New Hope, where you have the small ship and then the large ship, you have the large ship with the small ships sailing over it, but then they dive down and you reveal more ships and you start to see more of the battle. And even though, just like Attack of the Clones, this basically had no real sets, it was all CGI sets and they were like in green screen room, it looks better and so it's less distracting. Like, it looks yeah. more convincing. So this film looks better than the others and it feels more like, okay, this is around when the technology is getting to the point where you can believe this kind of a set more. It's still... Tangible is still preferable, and you can definitely tell because so many of the sets are open. There's so much big open space without anything present. Yeah. Um, but then, the very beginning, I guess for me, it comes down to, again, Anakin. And what Anakin's struggle should have been. And I think one of the big things for me is in the, the very beginning, they go... Because I, I have my little nitpicking notes, I will admit. Um, but I think when it comes to the bigger picture, the, the first thing that we needed was for Anakin, perhaps fresh from, cause remember like I, in the, when I talked about Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. I talked about Anakin needing to perhaps have like not been talking like a child, just been like completely fine. Like, yes, I slaughtered them. They were animals. So I killed them like animals. Like, something like mm-hmm. giving into the anger and everything. But here, perhaps because of the events of Attack of the Clones, here have him more like struggling with that. Wanting to be a Jedi. Not wanting to give into the dark side yet. So when he's fighting Count Dooku, have him just recklessly like behead him. Like in the heat of the fight. And then like, like, oh oh no, what have I done? I gotta turn myself in. And that's where Palpatine comes in. He was a criminal. He was a war criminal. You did, you, you did what was going, you, you did your job. You just executed him. And like, like let Palpatine be like, hmm. like trying to dissuade him from the guilt kind of a thing. Because instead it feels, I guess it feels weird because it's, it's like they need to make it obvious Palpatine's evil. You can't be subtle with it. You gotta make it obvious. So he's going to be like, no, kill him. Do it. And that's the thing. He goes between his, like, really good Shakespeare in the Park voice to the cartoonish evil. Do it. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I get that. I think there's there's two sides to it, right? Because uh, on the one side, I, I see your, your kind of progression. But on the other side, you see the progression from the, you know, the slaughter of the... The um, sand people. The sand people. Um, I was trying to think of the Gungan Raiders. Um, to where he he is he is remorseful um, afterwards. He didn't enrage, but he's remorse. He just shows remorse after. To the nervous, still somewhat in the heat of the moment, killing of Dooku. To then the cold blooded slaughter. Of children later in the movie. Well, I can see how you, you make the progression... I honestly would remove the slaughter of children, but that's a little jumping ahead. Yeah. Well, um, I, mean, I mean, that's also become somewhat of a meme at this point. Like, oh, it has. <laughs> Here, I mean, Luke, have the, oh, have the Youngling Slayer 5,000. <laughs> well, there's also like a comic from, what is it, like Three Panels Soul way back in the day... He drank all the yinglings or something like that. Or he killed all the yinglings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have I have footage of Anakin 
killing yinglings. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, no, like like that. That's where for the beginning I would start with, or maybe actually like to to go back, maybe have him like after he's killed the um, the sand people in the Tuscan Raiders. That's what they are. Tuscan, not Tus- Tuscan Raiders. Gungan is uh, <laughs> that's uh, the Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks Tuscan. Yeah, but the Tuscan Raiders after that, like maybe have him like maybe have him filled with remorse. He's like, I I killed them all. I slaughtered them. And I still feel this hatred inside of me. It has like I'm not sated. I'm not satisfied. So he learns a lesson about violence and revenge. But he still has that anger in him. So here he's fighting Dooku, and it's heated. You know, it's intense. He gets two lightsabers and just instinctively, without thinking, just swoosh off of his head. And like the shock of like, oh no, what have I done? You know, how can I go before the council now? But that's where. Um, and there's, again, I have little nitpicks that I'll do for a script doctrine, but it's like, okay, that's nitpicks. Let's not focus on that. Because um, there was other things, too. And again, it's like, there are moments where, again, it's like, I would swap the positions of Obi-Wan and Anakin. Where um, each of them, like, because there's, like, one point where I think Anakin ends up being, like, patient and Obi-Wan's less patient. And it's like, no, 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 this should be reversed. Because Obi-Wan's still teaching Anakin. Yeah. Um, and we see Anakin different from like Attack of the Clones, where he's no longer looking to prove himself as much. He's like, okay, you know what? You're right, Master. We need to see him on the verge that he could be a Jedi Knight mm-hmm. before we have that downfall. Yeah. Well, you um, also see. I would say one thing you do see is in Obi Wan, you see the development of Obi Wan's faith in Anakin, like contrast Obi Wan at the landing, landing the the broken in half. Or Anakin landing the broken in half um, spacecraft with you know Obi Wan and Anakin bickering on the speeder in Attack of yeah, the Clones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, there is some definitely some positive development there where if you're watching for it, you can see you know if you've really uh, what's the word ruminated on these ruminated, <laughs> yeah, yeah. marinated upon these. Mar- yeah, that's the movie's marinate. Um, um but. Somebody let him marinate too long, I think. So we'll, we'll, we'll skip ahead, though, to when they get back to uh, Coruscant. And here's one of my... What I did not expect to be one of my biggest issues of the film. Padme is a no character. Hmm. Everything that she was in the previous films, she's nothing but a pregnant woman now. And I mean that in the most... Okay, I don't want to say the most generic stereotypical. Somehow she's able to run while pregnant rather than, like... Like, she's able to get up and, like, jog. As opposed to, like, if you've ever seen a pregnant woman try and get up out of a seat, like... Right. She's... Right. I know. I, I totally get that. Where she's way she's more gone than, from this, like, strong character who, like, manages to take out one of the monsters in the, in the arena by herself in Attack of the Clones. So, like, now she's a pregnant woman woman and therefore she can do nothing she can do other nothing. than she's hiding in the shadows she's a damsel in distress whose sole purpose into this movie is to birth luke and leia and, and then die. die uh and it's like she she got a raw deal like there's there's, there's some low-key misogyny in there too uh, we don't have to get into I'll call it obliviousness uh, for, it for George's oblivi- sake because George is bad at writing people in general so I'll just call it obliviousness and give him the, the, a fair shake um, the benefit of the doubt you should you could say um, but that's the thing with George like with with her like 
if she were just posing as a member of the Senate and they had to pretend to be like, and that's a good way to like have a nice little moment where at first you see them and they might seem like they're cold and distant and you're like, what happened? What happened to the last movie? And then all of a sudden they have to steal away and they're like, they embrace and, you know, because this is George Lucas, they're going to hug instead of like passionately kiss or something. But like, and also this, well, this would have been PG, but it's PG-13 because they killed all the younglings. Um, but that's the thing, like they, 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 you, you, you have that moment where you're like, wait, are they? But then, and that's the thing, like too often, she's the one that doesn't seem to care that much about her position. She's, again, it's like, oh, I'm going to go find us a nice spot where I can have the baby and we can have the kids and we can not care about politics. It's like, you're a politician. Well, yeah, but I think, so the difference between her and Anakin in this situation is, you know, she's, so I guess from the perspective. Well, it's just what you said. She's a plot tool. Well, not just a plot tool. Even, she, her, right. her death needs to be the, the, the potential loss that Anakin suffers in order to motivate him to the dark side, basically. Right. But I mean, in terms of, from, from that angle, though, like, if, if Anakin is kicked out of the Jedi Order, like, how does that even work, for one? Like, I, I don't know if that's not really covered. Like, we know a couple characters, like Dooku, who are former Jedi. But it seems like they, they probably don't just train people in the Force... And then be like, oh, well, you violated the Jedi Code. We were just going to cut you loose. And you can run around the, the galaxy being uh, one of the most powerful Force users. Yeah. Oh, without Where, for her, like, she's already, like, how can it be any worse for her? She Imagine in the UN, United States Senate, if there's a female senator who has a, you know, is pregnant with no unmarried... Not even like a seemingly boyfriend, yeah. seemingly you know, seemingly unmarried. Not even a serious boyfriend in the picture. Well, that's another thing too. They they right. completely ditched her whole like replica stand-in. Which what if you're? Well, I guess killed. you only get that if you're the. Oh, that's true. <laughs> the the, the, the stand-in died. <laughs> that uh, that uh, at some point people. Well, the several stand-ins died because remember it was more than just the one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like her whole entourage. Like, and they're all dead. Yeah, boom. <laughs> It's like the last one died in the second movie. Yeah. But the, um, and yeah, I guess there aren't going to be a lot of women that are like, I'm a lookalike for the queen. I could be a body double that might die. Like, yeah. Okay, so, what happened to the last set of, well, they got blown up in a terrorist attack. No big deal. Yeah. So, um, that, so I guess I could see that, but it's like, she doesn't rely on any kind of that or anything. But that, that, that's something that, I mean, the shame of it is, it's also, like, as central as it is to the plot, it's also not really important to the plot. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, because, again, that's the thing. Like, you don't need the threat of her death, but that's where, again, I feel like George works on very... He has to work in obviousness. Hmm. Like, okay, what's the motivation for Anakin to go to the dark side? Well, only if he could save the person that he loves. Not any kind of ideological. What's like? So, what's the? What's the? Like, what's one of the biggest rifts between him and the Jedi Council? They won't let him become a Jedi Master. They let him sit in on the Council, but they won't let him become a now Master. I am the Master. Oh God. Um. Sorry. So right. So I guess it's it's it's. So I think part of what, and again, I think we lost because we we never got George's sequel trilogy. 
think we lost something that he was trying to do here. To build towards? To be possibly to build towards, which was this whole idea of one of the flaws of the Jedi Order was the, the this idea of like attachment being forbidden. Where yeah. so for so for for Anakin, the fact that if he could have fully disclosed his attachment to Padme to the Jedi Order, the Jedi Council, they could have come up with a better solution. Um, they could have helped him through all of that. But because he couldn't, that becomes a tool for the, the dark side. And so kind of knowing where a lot of the extended universe and other stuff went, I think that, and knowing, having seen some of the like rough outlines of, of what reportedly was supposed to be Lucas's idea... I think that was something he was trying to get at was the flaws in the Jedi Order that, you know, this being one of them that leads to the fall of Anakin and to becoming Darth Vader is is love. So I, there, I think there's something to that. But then I also, I also kind of agree that you can make Padme a better character and Anakin a better character... If you have it, you have something else be the ide- ideological difference. You you maybe you have Anakin have a have a Luke and Last Jedi moment, right? Where he recognizes, like, I'm still on Team Luke in, in the Last Jedi. Luke was right. The Jedi were looking back at the Jedi in the prequel trilogy. You know, they're awful. It's funny because in my mind, I actually went to Kylo Ren until he said, let's kill all your friends. Um, I'll get to that a little bit. Yeah. Because um, actually I did, uh, I'm trying to look at yeah. my notes. Yeah. No, that's- we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but every, uh, I still remember too, is when he sat down with Yoda and it's like the leap of logic. I can't remember exactly what was being said, but Anakin says something like, you know, he basically says, you know, someone he cares about. And Yoda's like, you know, you got to be careful. That's the path to the dark side. You can be jealous. And it's like, wait, what? Where does jealousy come from this? What? How does jealousy factor into this? What? 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 You're projecting, Yoda. Like, Yoda. It's, it's, it's like you're projecting. Yeah, what happened to Yaddle, next... Yoda? What happened to Yaddle? Huh? Were you jealous? I don't know who that is, but I'll just let you. There's go. a. I, there's probably something. No, 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 no. In in, do you remember in the Phantom Menace? There's another of Yoda's species at, in the Jedi Council room, and they're just never there they're, again. They never shows up again. Yaddle. It's an ugly breakup. <laughs> Yaddle is apparently the name of the that other of that species. Oh my goodness! But um, yeah, that's oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm going a little. It is going a little quicker than I thought. Um. I'm trying to remember the order of operations in the film. Right. So then, so right now we're moving into this this section where we split up our protagonists. Yeah, yeah. Yoda is goes to Kashyyyk and meets Chewbacca. Anakin. Who's Anakin? Oh, Anakin hangs out. Well, at this point, Anakin's angry because they already introduced the um, Angstikin. They they already introduced him being the uh, representative of Palpatine, and nobody trusts Palpatine. Right. Nobody trusts that Palpatine at this point, except for Anakin. And honestly, I do feel like the the films do kind of do very little to help establish a believable connection there. But whatever, let's go with it. 
he trusts Palpatine. Palpatine is clearly Palpatine's, trying to manipulate the crap out of him. Palpatine's the only one who really understands him, man, other than Padme, right? Yeah, who man, else, totally. Who else gets him? Who else gets him? This guy, he bought me cigarettes, man. He gets me, you know? But yeah. that, that's the thing. Like, like Pal- Palpatine's like, okay, you can you be my representative? Now, maybe if they deny it, it's like, all right, but you will not... Uh, have a seat on this council as a Jedi Master. It's like, may I ask why? We know about you and your lady. Like, and like, maybe that's where it throws in, right? Mm. Like, because of that. And, you know, that starts to throw him into frustration because it's like they're forcing him to choose between two sides. And that's where Palpatine might, you know, be friendly, be like, that is unfair, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, like, there's a later line where he outright declares the Jedi like this outdated order and it's like could you be any more obvious but again let's get to where uh, our, our party splits up Anakin is not as angsty with Padme as he was and we have but Anakin's the drama llama with the baby lo- baby mama yes and we have Yoda's just on Kashyyyk and that's actually the funny thing it feels like the the Separatists are like losing power but they're still all across all these worlds. Well, they, they clearly they waged a war on too many fronts, and, and even the, though they seem to be winning on most of them, so it's just okay. Or maybe they were losing on all of them. I don't know. It's just it's weird. It was it's, it's it's weird, but it makes for a nice little montage for Order sixty six um, later on. But yeah, they 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 throw in Chewbacca because of course you do. Uh, you gotta have that cameo. You gotta make everyone happy in the seats. Um, but no, otherwise, nothing of importance is happening on Kashyyyk. Everything of importance is now with Obi-Wan because he's dealing with the last leader of the Separatists and basically cleaning up shop. And you know what I will say? I was de- I-, I was amused. Like, it's actually good execution when he drops down and he goes, Hello there. General Kenobi. It's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. And he, 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 you could tell he tried his best to pronounce it as best as, uh, oh, what was the actor's name? Um, the original Obi-Wan. Ben Guinness. Hit that. No, not Ben Guinness. No. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. It was Ben Kenobi. It was Ben Kenobi, yes. Uh, when he pulls up the robe and he goes, hello there. You could tell Ewan McGregor. Repeated that line over and over so he could say it as yeah. closely as he could. Not quite, not quite, but he got it as closely as he could. Like he wanted to, he wanted to be young Obi Wan. So Ewan McGregor again, I give a lot of credit to. And actually, let me go back. I do. I forget the name of the actor of Palpatine. You probably know. Uh, not off the top of my head. I remember it quickly though. The Palpatine actor, most of the time, ninety percent of the time, he's he's trying to bring it. He's trying to bring it, and he's doing a decent job because it feels like he's actually acting, which is again in these films is a bit of a thing. Like you could tell when someone's actually acting, because boy howdy, um, Samuel L. Jackson just kind of shows up and reads his lines, doesn't he? With a little bit of anger, especially this one, he's the most Samuel L. Jackson because Mace Windu was angry most of the film. That's true, yeah. So he, he's he's mostly a character in this one because he's angry. Yeah, I think um, Nat- Natalie Portman was was definitely phoning some of it in. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, but uh, regardless of that, um, no. Uh, 
the only disappointment I have with the Grievous fight is, it. Firstly, he's more imposing with the cape, but I mean, all the droid designs in this are kind of lackluster, in my opinion. Um, but Grievous sheds the cape, and he's got the four sabers, and he's got a whirly gig. It's like, oh, we're going to see something really creative, and no. No. As soon as they get into the actual fight, it's like he's fighting with two arms, even though he's got four arms. And there's like, even though he's he just demonstrated he can do whirly gig lightsaber saws, he does nothing interesting at all with his joints, with his anything, with his mechanical body. It's it, it's like one brief moment that must have been in the script before George is like, and the choreography team takes it from here. And unfortunately, the choreography team had no creativity at all for that fight. So, yeah, you, you would think with, with some of the acrobatics and other things they had in, earlier in the trilogy that... I, I don't know, like, the... I've read some stuff about the fight choreography and what they're trying to establish about Obi-Wan as a character and other things and his, you know, there's... His style and personality, I guess. Right, that... That where where Grievous was essentially all intimidation, right? He pulls out, here's the lightsabers of all the Jedi I've killed. I've got four arms, I'm whirling four lights. But it was all just a show. And Obi-Wan, who's the sort of cool collective Jedi who supposedly, you know, in, in the sort of canon notes, is supposed to have like the best defense of any of the of the Jedi, essentially, he's got the highest stats and the best defense. Right, he's the best. He's, he's sort of the, the defensive expert in his lightsaber style. He sees, he just immediately sees all the holes in Grievous's intimidation attack, and it immediately takes away Grievous's advantage. You know, and, I was just joking, but it actually does in that case sound like sort of newbie Munchkin tabletop role player syndrome. Where it's like, my character is so awesome. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's make a Jackie Chan fight out of this. Let's throw Obi-Wan into all these scenarios where he's actually in danger. And therefore, every time he does manage to lop a hand off, it feels like a success. Like an actual success in a moment of danger. Rather than, instead, it just made Grievous seem like he was never... Like, basically, those must have been some serious punk Jedi that he killed. If he got their lightsabers and was taken down that easily. Now I know Obi-Wan's supposed to be one of the greater ones. He's level 99. But it's like that that doesn't work for a entertaining movie. Like even, yeah. even in a video game when you get to level 99 and you trash the boss that easily with Knights of the Round. You had to put some level of grind into it to earn that Knights of the Round repeated four times max damage. Right? So... The film needs to earn it through the drama and, of the conflict, and I think that, that's a I think that's a fair point with with the Grievous fight, where especially if you've seen the original Clone Wars, and I've heard about that, I've not, right. and evidently it's not canonical at this point. It's not right where Grievous is this this you know much more threatening, intimidating. Easily dispatching, you know, many Jedi in battle and all that kind of stuff. Where when I I remember I, I I do remember talking to people at my at my college and I think my anime club particularly that liked that cartoon and when they saw the movie they were like he did nothing but run away the whole time he was a complete joke 
Oh my goodness! Like because they were hyped up because of him in the the, right, the cartoon. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they kind of they kind of did Grievous dirty. They did Grievous dirty, and then yeah, I mean you could say it was a Grievous offense. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> that joke was Dooku. <laughs> but the um, straight up Dooku. Now the the. I'm trying to think because it's like, man, like how much actual plot did happen in this movie? If it was like Attack of the Clones, you're right. Attack of the Clones might have actually had more actual plot. For this film's runtime, it takes a long time to do a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, so basically, right. <laughs> the, you know, there's, right. Anakin is mad at the Order. Mad at the Order. And then he has to sit down at the weird blitzball but not event with Palpatine. And again, this is in some ways this is a good scene. In some ways, it's awful. I love like Palpatine telling this story, and it's funny because I know I don't be- I don't believe it might not have occurred to me before because I just remember being preoccupied with who the heck is this Dark Plages? Who are they pulling out of their butt now? And it's like watching now, it's like it was his master, it was his Sith master, and he killed him. It's like right obvious. What he's talking about. But it's like, you know what? I kind of like this. But again, like, the only problem is it does nothing but make him more suspicious rather than anything genuine. Like, him and Anakin need to be having a discussion of philosophy. And where, you know, the point of uh, Palpatine maybe bringing up the tragedy of Dark Plagueis the Wise is not, oh, he discovered immortality and we can give it to your wife or whatever. It, it should be something that's supposed to show. It's like, you see, Sith, it's like, you, like, you don't actually know anything about the Sith, but what the Jedi tell you. But it turns out the Sith actually did some, like, maybe Darth Plagueis did some good in the world. I don't know. Because that's part of the thing as well. Because, like, right. at some point, I think, I might be thinking of something else. I might be crossing over. Because I feel like someone called something peace-loving. And that might have been in Visions. I'm not sure. I, I don't feel think, like I think, I think, yeah, I think you're getting something crossed out. Yeah, someone referred to something as like the peace-loving republic or whatever like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm getting it mixed up. But it's like, what you want to, like, the one thing that um, Mandalorian did great was having the remnants of the Empire that are still faithful to the cause talk about order. You need to have it understandable why someone would actually fight for that. Hmm. Even if it's brainwashing. They need to believe that what they're doing is actually good, not evil. But in this film, it's almost like Palpatine knows he's evil and thinks it's great. And it's like, that's not how you sway someone that's struggling between good and evil. You don't tell them, oh no, dude, evil's great. No, you tell them... Is it really evil, though? Like, that's what you do. Right. Um, but, again, George, for some reason, is incapable of thinking in three dimensions. So, instead, we get lackluster motivation. And this is where, you know, Anakin should be struggling. He should, and especially, again, Obi-Wan, right? They have that meeting, and Obi-Wan says, it's like, they want you to spy on Palpatine. Isn't that an evil action? Isn't that deceit? Isn't that subterfuge? Mm. Shouldn't Anakin be like struggling because basically the Jedi just told him to act like a Sith? 
Like, have that kind of thing going through his mind. And, yeah, have Palpatine aware of it. Have him, like... Like be like it doesn't take a Jedi to read the to read those minds like something like that like have something along those lines because we're now getting to the point where we're about to confirm Palpatine is Sith and don't be sarcastic uh, we're going to get to that point and the immediate reaction is Windu wants to go and arrest him. And I forgot... Did I come up with an excuse for why Anakin should have gone or thought to go? Because, again, if it feels it's, it feels very obvious. It's like condescending, like, nope, you're staying here, kid. It's like, we're going to go, but you're going to stay here. And it feels very cheap, manipulative, typical. And I understand. They might be afraid the kid's um, compromised. But, you know Clearly, what you do? Windu was correct that he was, was compromised. Yes, but you know what you do? You have Windu be willing to show him just a little trick. Maybe be like, give me your lightsaber. And then when things are heated, have just Anakin force... Gra- See, that would actually be intense, right? Anakin trusts him to his lightsaber. They go. And Anakin fights to be like, you know, he needs to be under trial. He needs to do this. He needs to do that. Like, this is not the right way. This is not how we do about it. Have him think about what he did to Dooku. Heck, maybe even the Jedi Council is like, you know, under normal circumstances, we try you, but considering we're going to let you get away with it. And have Anakin wonder, is that because it's convenient, you know? You have so many recipes building blocks to make, because nobody, actually, that's the thing. He's treated like a hero. He's treated like a hero for killing Dooku. He's, he hesitates in the movie. He's like, you know, should I kill him or should he be tried? And then everyone's just like, oh, you're a hero. Even the other Jedi, they're like, oh, you're a hero. And it's like, no. Like, no, do something with that. Make it a point of conflict. Your movie's PG-13 now. You're killing children. You could be a little bit more complex. <laughs> um, so, you know, we get to the arrest scene and this is, again, like, this is where George Lucas starts to, like, go Saturday morning cartoon. Like, the absolute, like, like the, 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 the I, I forgot, it is one of the worst moments of the film when Mace Windu's got Palpatine on the ground pretending to be weak and everything, and he goes, no, no, and it's like, oh, this looks so terrible, this sounds so terrible, <laughs> this is such a terrible moment, and then the transformation, man. Like, I, 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 this is, like, the one thing I discussed with you on Discord. I sent you a message during this. I was like, tell me something, Steve. Does his makeup really look that much worse than it did yeah. in Return of the Jedi? He was younger in Return of the Jedi, and the makeup looked better. Now, there ain't much you gotta do. Like, I mean, yeah, he, he's not, he's not totally, like, deformed and haggard and stuff. But it's like, instead, it looks like he's wearing a really expensive Halloween mask. Yeah. It looks so bad. Maybe it's because in most of Return of the Jedi, it's 90% covered up. Maybe, but it's like, this is like... Ian McDermott. He looks... Oh, oh you remembered uh, it? I just remember it, yeah, sorry. Okay. Ian McDermott. He looks, he, he looks so bad, though. But that's the thing. And again, like, what Anakin's big thing is saying, I need him, which kind of... Makes it like that line compromises any kind of struggle he had, but this is also the biggest problem too. Okay, he decides to boot out Mace Window, or rather, he 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 fights. You know, he grabs his lightsaber and he attacks Mace Window. The problem we now have is 
even the way that I've fixed the script and made Anakin a more believable, complex character, would he immediately start following Palpatine, knowing Palpatine's a Sith? Or would it possibly... what? Rather, maybe I'm thinking of this the wrong way. What could we possibly do? Maybe now we do see why the Jedi are correct. Because Palpatine now is able to say, you know, basically, you know, demand, you know, Anakin's loyalty. When Anakin says no, he reminds him, it's like, do you really think Padme is safe from me? You know, give that kind of a conflict. Now Anakin, probably knowing he can't win decides, all right, I will do what you want. Let's not have him fall so far as to kill children. Yeah. That's kind of, like, irredeemable. Like, this is supposed to be a character that we want to see be redeemed. You kill you kill children. It's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe for some people they don't care because it happens in some ways off screen. They don't actually see him do it. But to me, it's like, kill kids, man. Yeah, so I think... I think there was some attempt to show uh, a progression of, like I was saying before, I think there's also this idea that that the dark side isn't... The, the progression and the, and the actions don't necessarily need to be logical. Like, if you think about something like a, like a drug addiction, right? Where the... You know, some, someone who's, who's become addicted to prescription pills... There's not, there's like you, you don't have the immediate catalyst. It is a gradual descent, right? But I don't so, like, descent, but so, but right? But so, so the point where, but but there's like there's all there's there's a there's gonna be like an inflection point where say between someone who runs out of pills and can't get a refill and has a couple crappy weeks and stops, and somebody who finds a, a dealer selling, you know, fentanyl um, and then sort of makes the break and then and then it's sort of like, you know what I'm saying? There's like a, with certain things, like I think the dark side is supposed to be kind of like addiction in a way that there's an illogical, you know, you could, the person probably as they're driving to to, to meet the dealer to buy the the you know the drugs that are you know to help with this addiction or not help but to feed the addiction the they could probably make a completely rational argument with themselves as to why they shouldn't do this but the dark side has taken over you know what i'm saying it's i think there's there's an element of the dark side that's supposed to be like that like an addiction like something that Anakin's been slowly feeding this addiction, and now he hits a point where it's mm. he's doing this thing that anybody can tell him, he could tell himself, anybody could tell him is wrong, but it doesn't matter anymore because the uh, the power of the dark side has a hold on him. Maybe, but that's part of the problem because before. Well, then again, no, that's not entirely true because, yeah, wh- why is he so offended that he's not allowed to be a master? And it goes right back to the more childish aspects of Attack of the Clones. He just wants to be treated like a, I want to be treated like an adult. And it's like, even if he ain't ready or even if you're suspect, like, but that's the thing. It's, it, it's, I've, I guess you're right. It's just there's nothing compelling about it. Yeah. And for a film like this, I'd rather it be compelling. Um, 
Right. It's like Civil War, right? What makes uh, Captain America? What makes Captain America Civil War interesting? That it's two philosophies that are driven to conflict, and you can't really say either one is right. But that's the problem: is that by the very nature of light side, dark side, you you invite a simplicity. You and. And this is part of my issue, I guess, for me. It's like, in order for me, like, I, to be honest, I am script doctoring this to be a movie that I would enjoy more. Hmm. To be dealing with topics that I would enjoy more. And to that end, does that lose some of what makes it Star Wars for someone else? I don't know. I feel like there's probably a lot of people that are would be in agreement because, I, I mean, clearly I'm not done yet. Yeah, because again, like now we're about to descend. We're like just about everything Anakin has to say about his abilities, about his do- joining the dark side is about power. And the the real thing that got my mind kicking off again on this is we don't have Anakin kill any of the younglings, but because Padme is in danger, he is now forced to be complicit in Order sixty six, and he might actually have to kill some of his old Jedi friends himself. And this leads to, again, part of our difficulty is in him, because he goes, and of course he has to go and he has to kill the rest of the Separatists. What does Obi-Wan find out? I don't know, because in my mind, it, like, things would work better if he does not get to encounter Padme. If hmm. Padme dies giving birth, perhaps in transit to something, perhaps you know Obi-Wan helps her escape. She dies giving birth in transit, and the twins are already born when Obi-Wan goes to confront Anakin. Now, this presents a problem. Why wouldn't Obi-Wan tell Anakin about, or maybe it's like in this state, but regardless, to me, the final conflict between Anakin and Obi-Wan would be far more better if it wasn't, you know, because again, he has a temper tantrum like Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're on his side, you're on blah, 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 like all of a sudden he doesn't trust Obi-Wan because of reasons. And it would be so much better dramatically if he sees Obi-Wan and he says, again, this is, and we're going back to the mm. Kylo Ren moment, Obi-Wan, I can't defeat the Emperor alone or, or pa- Palpatine alone, but you and me together can put an end to him and the Jedi Order or, or rebuild the Jedi Order, like re- restructure it. It does like Sith, Jedi, we don't need it anymore. Like again, like that idea of like there doesn't need to be just right, two. That, that that or yeah, in that moment, basically, you know, we can then we can be in charge. We can we can bring balance, and there you go. Yes, we can bring balance. And Obi Wan looking at his friend, looking at what he's done, and realizing that Anakin has compromised himself too much, can't do it. He's like, I can't do this. You know, I can't. I can't join you. And like, we must, we get, I was like, I will defeat Palpatine, but then you got to be under arrest. And at that point, Anakin and Obi-Wan fight. Um, Obi-Wan has the high ground. It's still silly. I'm sorry. Um, the silliest leapfrog limb chop ever. Uh, let's not have him scream like a spoiled child. I hate you. Um, but, Maybe have something like erupting or whatever. Like have something that Anakin has no clue what the actual fate of Obi Wan is. So he's knocked out. He's unconscious. Palpatine picks him up. Pa- Padme's already dead. 
So, and again, like, give credit to George Lucas on a technical level. He's trying to show the mechanical rebirth of Anakin into Darth Vader, while also showing the birth of Luke and Leia. It's thematic and cinematography and other stuff like that, directorness. Light and dark and, yeah, and yeah, all it's, that. It's, yeah. He's doing something there, and I'm going to give him credit. But to me, it's like, okay, so Anakin is now of literal, literally a husk of what he used to be. He's in, he's trapped in the shell. Palpatine's right there. And he asks, what of Obi-Wan? And Palpatine lies, Obi-Wan's dead. Boom, last of that hope. And Padme, she is also dead. Boom, all hope in defeating Palpatine or anything, dashed. Moment of silence. What is thy bidding, my master? And tell me, you, in the theaters, if that was the line you heard, <laughs> you would not have had chills. You know, no, like, I, I almost, I almost got a little, I almost got a little chills right there. Actually, when you were, when you were saying that, just picture that, it instead of no, just a silent, no. somber. What is thy bidding, my master? Like it would, it's oh, like just thinking about it, it's so good. That would be so. That would go down in. Star Wars cinematic history if they did it that, that would way. have been we could have forgiven all of the the other sins of the movie if for that that would have been perfect for sure um I, I, that I, would have I, been I a disagree. perfect callback that would have been a perfect a perfect callback, callback. Too. yeah yeah I um I haven't loved all of your script doctoring but I think if we could get have gotten the movie to that moment that would have been a perfect. Uh, a perfect ending. A perfect birth of Darth Vader. Yeah. You're right. If we, You could get rid of everything else, but if you have that, just that, like even have the, you know, what if Padme, she's dead. What is thy bidding my man? Like, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it's so simple. It's right there. It's right there. Oh, if only George Lucas had better, if he had fewer yes men and more no men around him, he might have actually oh. put it off, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, unlike the other ones, he insisted he wanted to do the entire script of this one alone, of these three. He didn't want someone else to touch the script. He wanted to do it himself. And again, like it was him and Francis Ford Coppola, and he told Coppola, "I can't write." And Coppola told him, "You got to learn to write." Well, he didn't learn to write very well, man. I'm sorry, Coppola. You gave him some bad advice. You needed other writers. Some directors, Zack Snyder, are better with writers and not writing themselves. Um, yeah, and I wonder too if some of the issues come with a the way drama presented. You know, thinking of Francis Ford Coppola, like the there are aspects of the drama that just weren't right for the that Coppola may have helped you know helped him with that weren't right for the sort of setting and. Um, I mean, he looked over the script for A New Hope several times. Um, mm-hmm. And he was one of the reasons that, you know, it kept going through so many revisions. Because naturally, because what was it? The original script was like The Secret of the Wills. stuff Or Journal of the Wills. That's where we get the name now. Like, yeah. That was the original script. And it's like, basically, like, that's one of the things. Like, what is all this gobbledygook? Like, you got you got too many words right. here. It's indecipherable. Um, and so then he basically just rewrote Hidden Fortress. 
and he realized that was a problem, so he did. Like that's one of those things that actually gets a lot of people get carried away with. They're like, "Oh, a new hope is basically hidden fortress." No, it was, and then it got through more revisions to be something more inspired yeah. by and having like similar uh, tropes and everything, but not being literally. Um, but that's the thing. Um, so I mean, that that basically does bring us to the end. And that's the, like, even with like my nitpicks, honestly. I feel like there is less to pick apart because the movie is generally competent, and you got to really nitpick to find things to pick. Oh, like, like I don't like the weird whoopy noise the 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 the, the lizard thing makes that Obi Wan rides. Yeah, 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 like that thing is weird. But it's, I don't like that. But it's like you know what? Whatever, fine. I mean, Star Wars has always had stuff like that, right? Um. So, in some ways, I can understand why people like this the best, but at the same time, I I think I'm torn, because I think Attack of the Clones has technically a better plot, but Revenge of the Sith has the least getting in the way of its competence. Mm. But it's all technical competence. They're all technically competent, but the writing and in a lot of ways the acting are what really get in the way of every single one of them. So, are the movies as bad as people made them out to be? Especially now that I have real knowledge of... Well, okay, more substantial knowledge of cinema, filmmaking, yada yada. No, they aren't as bad as I made them out to be because I got... And I and many others exaggerate the elements that we disliked. And we say the movie's bad because of that. And it's like, no, they're not bad because, boy... There are bad movies out there. <laughs> I watch. I, I remember Netflix first introduced their uh, streaming. I watched Transmorphers. I was hoping for a movie that was so bad it was funny. No, Transmorphers was just bad, real bad. I've seen some UA Bowl movies as well. That oh man, House of the Dead's hilarious, but it's it's it's. So, I forget exactly which ones I've seen, but some of those don't. There's no, there's no so good it's bad in some of those movies. Yeah, they're just was it? Bad. What was the one? It was based on a video, based on a video game, based on like a Diablo clone. Dungeon Siege. Dungeon Siege. Uh, a Dungeon Siege tale. In the name of the king, a Dungeon Siege tale. Poor John Reese Davies. <laughs> that man is so talented and is stuck in so many trash B movies, and then his Blood Raid movie, which is has meatloaf in it. <laughs> <laughs> you ball man like ugh. if I knew they were all going to be the hilarious delight that is House of the Dead I would watch those with people but only House of the Dead is so bad it's funny and even then it's still not like Evil Dead 2 so bad like, well Evil yeah. Dead 2 isn't bad funny Evil Dead 2 was actually very intentional um, yeah yeah but that's the thing like it's it's Bad funny is really hard to get. Street Fighter the movie is the king of them because it's 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 that unique it's that uniqueness that it's never so bad that it actually hits painful or boring. It's bad in ways that are delightfully entertaining and partially because one of the screenwriters was a screenwriter of Commando, Hmm. so that helps. But also at some point you know there's a self awareness that like. The guys making the movie were like, there is no salvaging this. <laughs> like, 
So we're going to just do what we can. And so it has just, it, it, it's still entertaining and it's great to watch with friends. Um, but it's, this, I mean, these movies, Phantom Menace is still the most painful. Yes. But the thing is, here's my real question. If these movies did not say Star Wars on the tin, firstly, would you ever have watched beyond the first one? If you went to the movie theater to see The Phantom Menace. Alright, so you're saying you're saying It was no, not a Star Wars, not a Jedi film, not a Yeah, okay, if I went to the theaters watch The Phantom Menace, not Star Wars, no pedigree, no No, I'm probably not showing up for Attack of the Clones. And yet, you've not only shown up for Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, but you've watched them multiple times and made sure your children have, unfortunately, been subjected to them. So to that extent, if it weren't for that Star Wars title on the tin, would you have ever gone back and watched any of them more than once? I don't know. I think it's one of those things that's like an impossible to answer question. If it wasn't for the George, the existence of George Lucas and his pedigree and having created Star Wars, would any of these movies have gotten made? And there's another question there. I mean, George... Right. Th- that's part of the downside, too. Like, George always wanted to make Red Tails. Well, in the end, he only produced Red Tails. He didn't even make it. Yeah. So, George is... I mean, I'm saying George should have been a cameraman or something or a cinematographer. He actually does have a decent eye for some of that stuff, but something's just he. I don't think he's got it in him, but he's too. I don't know. Again, part of this is secret history of Star Wars and reading secret secret history of Star Wars, which is so many interview materials, so many making up documentaries, so much stuff compiled. You get a sense that, and again, the book doesn't directly tell you this, but you can get the sense that George Lucas is a bit of a control freak. So and I think I think that's that's where I'd say the problem comes in with is is right is we already kind of touched on this, but that the original movies Lucas was never fully in control. No, that the other writers, editors. Every- I mean, Empire Strikes Back. Both his producer and the director were actually frequently in conflict. And right, so where I think Lucas. I think what, what Lucas did was come up with a, a great concept and great ideas. Maybe he should have An been... outline. Yeah. Where, where I think he would be somebody who'd be great at developing, helping to develop something, I guess a producer or something, without necessarily having direct say in the complete execution. Not, not not on the day to day that that George Lucas is the guy that that would be good for you know here's your overarching ideas. I only I only disagree with that in the fact that I think that does undersell some of his more visual that's ideas. True. He isn't bad with, but that's why I'm wondering if maybe cinematographer as opposed to director. Um. I do think he's someone that works best when he's working with someone and is not in charge. But is George Lucas the kind of person that is able to take being told no in stride? Because it seems like the more successful he got, the less willing he was to deal with it. 
And unfortunately, by the time he gets to the prequels, he's surrounded by people that had nothing to do with the original series. And they're all wanting to work on these movies because it's George Lucas. It's the guy that created Star Wars. And ignorant of the contributions of everyone else, no one's willing to tell him no. Mm. And that's really the biggest problem. George Lucas needs someone to tell him no and help steer him and direct him. And it would be better, I think, if it, if he had just, instead of trying to direct, instead of trying to write, he stuck to cinematography and cameras and stuff and helping the... Because like, even watching the short film of THX uh, 1138, the short film, you can see elements of what will become iconic visual elements of Star Wars. Mm. And watching the trailer for the full-length movie... The human drama looks terrible. The dra- the tra- it's, it's weird when the trailer bores you. <laughs> Except, and it's just snippets, but there's moments of a vehicle chase. In that trailer, that looked exciting. So everything in the trailer bored me except for the vehicle chase. And it's like, there's the, maybe a second unit director. Maybe he would have made a good second unit director to do the action film scenes and stuff like that. Granted, do they have second unit directors back then, or is that later? I don't, I don't know. know. But but that's the thing. Like it, 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 he he is a victim of his own success. Mm. Yeah, but, aren't we all a victim of his success? Now we will not be reconvening for the sequels, as you mentioned, because I'm not watching them again. I, I don't care. And I don't i I don't really want to. So we're not going to reconvene for those. Um... I've got a lot of stuff set up. I'm hopefully we're going to start streaming on Twitch, but I'm not sure if things are moving forward like I want to on that front. So maybe we'll just reunite to either discuss Evangelion or Star Wars Visions, because okay. as I said, like yeah, I watched I five of the I watched five of the short films, and even the one that I care for the least isn't bad. It's actually pretty good, and again, like. So the duel is just fun. For some reason, any one of these, if any one of these little anthology anime things, like be it for Animatrix, Halo, Batman, if it has to do with a duel, it ends up being really good somehow. So mm. that one's good. Um, the Village Bride is really good. Um, and it, it's funny because I watched that and it's like, man, they made a female Jedi that's far more interesting than Ray, and they did it in like 15 minutes time like dang and then you have a similar story with the production ig one um the ninth jedi which feels like a pilot episode and i hope it's a pilot and i hope it gets greenlit <laughs> because they have they, they basically establish a sort of future like, this is the only reason I can imagine it. One, it's, like, after the sequels. Like, some part point in the future. And how far? I don't know. But it's, like, dude, this is this is a great starting point. I would follow this series. I would watch more of this. And here's the weird thing. I, you know, I'm kind of sick of Jedi. It's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I like The Mandalorian, right? I'm sick to death of lightsabers. I'm sick to death of Jedi. And yet, again, that Village Bride, dude, it made me feel for the Jedi what I felt as a kid again. Hmm. Before the prequels or anything. 
it had that level of sort of mysticism where when you hear someone say, may the force be with you, or someone say, I am a Jedi, it's like, dude, I had chills. And it's like, this is, I haven't cared about Star Wars in so long. And this is making me like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. But so that, that, now you know. You need to watch it. I'm assuming you still got Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, so I'll definitely watch it. So you need to that, watch. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, I think thus far they're all fine to watch with kids. Um, and you watch dubbed anyway, so you don't have to worry about them being able to read. Um, two out of three of them can read, though. So you know, this is true. Uh, and all three of them can play Pokemon, even though the one can't read. Um, that's both impressive for the kid, and that's impressive for like Pokemon UI. It's true. But, no, we'll we'll see. Because uh, yeah, I mean, we finally got done our chat on the prequels, and I know we talked about maybe doing the original trilogy at some point, but I don't know. I mean, given how slow yeah, it's been, yeah, let's give it a break. Yeah, which we'll check this on your channel. We'll give it a break. It's yeah. only been a year since we talked about the last movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll need, we need another year before we we, we get ready again. Um, I'm trying to think. There's anything else uh, game wise that we were we we're both probably going to hit. Um, right now, I'm do- I got Metroid Dread coming, and I got... I might pick that up. I got the Super Mario Superstars that I'm going to be streaming, but otherwise, it's usually, like, I'm going to play Mighty Goose on Game Pass, I'm going to play Flintstone and Crimson on Game Pass. I was... But, th- they're both on my list, too. But, I'm going to be honest, well, Back for Blood is also this month on Game Pass. But that's the thing, like, you got me tempted to break my Sony thing on Kenna, but I just decided I want to try and do better with my budget. Pick up a like a, a used copy or something. That way, Sony, you're just giving money to GameStop, not Sony. I was about to say it just came out, but then the way I've been seeing people talk about it in reviews, I wouldn't be surprised if it already is used. You're right. I might actually be able to do that. I mean, I think there's also there's lots of people. I mean, I actually don't really do the whole buy something. I remember being a guy who would like buy a game, play it in a weekend, sell it back to GameStop. You know, it's not physical until next month. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh well. December might be a better time anyway. I don't know. We'll see. But it is a game. I Because I, it looks like it's right up my alley. And yet it does sound like the developers are getting the chef. For the same reasons Darksiders did. Where it's like, oh, this game is derivative. It's like, what? You mean because it's focused and knows what it's doing? Like, oh, gee. Yeah, We're I've been sorry we couldn't have a million and one side quests that are copy-paste. Yeah, We're no, sorry we I, couldn't really, have colored loot in our game. I, I'm oh. really enjoying that so far. I think all of the elements are... like I think the combat is just the right amount of challenging on the default difficulty. Uh, where you know you could turn it down if you were... Is it full priced or is it budget priced? It's like... I think it's in between. I thought I thought it was 50. I might know it's 40. I think it's like 50 for the... 40 special. is budget priced these days. Yeah, 40 is 40, not 50. That might be something I could pull the trigger on. I don't know. I'll have to see because I am very definitely... And yeah, I would not mind having a discussion on that. But in the end, I got to see anyway because as I said, like between streaming and I'm playing Lost Judgment right now too. So it's not like I have time to add another game. Sure you do. Okay. But anyway, yeah, that's a good talk. I'm glad, yep. we, I'm glad we did it. So, mostly. <laughs> mostly. I mean, in some ways, well, are you satisfied with my going back? Yeah. And coming away with, I guess, the the verdict that I have. No, I think that's a perfectly fair fair verdict. Um, I, I maybe am a little bit more positive on them overall than you were in the end, but uh, yeah, I, I, 
I think that's a fair well, verdict. I think it is also a fair question to ask someone if it weren't for the fact that this star. No, there are some people I know that grew up with the prequels. Therefore, it's it is part of what Star Wars is to them. Like the original trilogy is for us. So for them, it's like yeah, it's like it doesn't matter. They would have seen it as kids anyway, or they well, they would have enjoyed it as kids anyway. Who knows if their parents would have dragged them to see it as kids anyway? Mm-hmm. That's the question. But that that I knew I do know there are some people young enough, and there are other people that go back and look and are like, you know what, those weren't that great after all. But yeah. it varies. But I do think honestly, the only reason people and I think the true the same is true of like the Force Awakens, right? Like people might have had a good time, but it wouldn't have done been nearly as successful if it weren't for the fact that it was Star Wars. Yeah, it might have actually been better executed if it wasn't Star Wars. Uh, That's a good point. That's uh, a very good point. But, anyway. um, Yep. So, I guess that's it for tonight. Um, Yeah. uh, Rebelpack.64.com. I mean, you know where to find it. You know where to find us. I think I'm even on on whatever website that you download the podcast from. Should have the web, uh, the the URL. In the show notes and whatnot. Show notes. Well, Show notes are on the blog, so. All oh, right, right. Um, but no, it's like there should be. There should, there should be. Uh, let me, of course, let me tell you the name of the site where you found this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like iTunes and uh, yeah, Google Podcasts. Yeah, Podcast, well, I mean, yeah if you're on so. iTunes, like well, we have, have check the show notes. Head to Ramble Whatever they have the, the, the podcast descriptions. Yeah, ramblepack64.com. And uh, hopefully I'll be blogging again soon. I haven't been writing as much as I should, but we'll see. We'll see. I've been streaming a lot, though. There's lots of good stuff in the archives, so. There, uh, I hope there is. There are things in the archives. There are things. (laughs) There are things. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.